0: Welcome to Creepy
1: Kentucky. I'm Quinn and I'm Laura and uh we're having to uh record over the phone, but for a good reason. You know?
0: Yes, it is kind of for a good reason. Yeah.
1: Cuz Quinn doesn't work weekends anymore. Yes. So, congratulations.
0: Yes.
1: And we were Yeah. Stay cozy in my own
0: home.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Oof. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah I mean yeah I'm not working tomorrow because oh. we have inventory next weekend so oh yeah yeah that's not for a good reason oh no
0: I had Friday off because I had to go to the eye doctor
1: oh yeah oh. I'm
0: getting new glasses
1: Ooh.
0: apparently that's transitions cool. are covered with my insurance
1: whoa
0: so I get some fancy glasses
1: that's pretty awesome
0: i'm that's, excited
1: yeah that's pretty I've awesome wanted,
0: i've wanted transitions since i was like 13 Ooh. when i first came out i was like yeah anyway you're like
1: transitions <laughs>
0: <laughs> i overheard dave talking to the lady and she mentioned transitions and i kind of looked over and scooted did you say transitions <laughs>
1: And get transitions. <laughs> wait a minute! You're like, wait a second here, <laughs> transitions. <laughs> and then we
0: left the eye doctor and went and rescued a puppy. So
1: yay! Yeah, tell everybody about your new puppy.
0: Yes, we have. We, first, we had Atticus.
1: I mean, the one and, and only.
0: Yes, and now we have a scout to go with Atticus. Yay! Um. They told us she was about seven months old, the people we got her from.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh. But they didn't really know much other than the people who had her before weren't really...
1: Weren't good people.
0: Weren't good people. No. And she's really underweight. Oh. We can see her ribs. Yeah. Her tail looks like it's been broken. Oh, no. Yeah, her tail's crooked. It's really cute, but...
1: It's not. <laughs> it's not. It's cute, um, but it's not.
0: We think she might have a little bit of pit bull in her.
1: Yeah. I saw a lot of boxer.
0: That's that's what we're thinking it could be, too. Yeah. Just
1: the
0: way the lower, her lower is. I'll put a picture up on our Instagram. Yeah. Where we can see Scout. She's really sweet.
1: Yeah, sounds like she's a really good little puppy.
0: Mm-hmm. She's been potty training really well. Yay. After the first couple times of us freaking out when she started going in the house, she would she kind of goes over the door and whimpers that she needs to go out.
1: Aww, cool.
0: I think I can hear her outside the door whining.
1: Yeah, because <laughs> I left, she can't oh, see Oh no! Me. Yeah, she's gonna have a rough couple of days coming up here. <laughs> yeah,
0: we we brought Atticus's old kennel out. Yeah, for just in case. Yeah. So
1: that's all. It also helps with
0: housebreaking
1: and all that fun stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I now have two dogs and two cats. Yay! But you are catless still. Yeah. Poor little thing. Poor girl. Poor girl. Poor hot, poor hot, sexy girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Her,
0: straight, her days of. Roaming the streets actually got a hold of her. Yeah, exactly. They caught
1: up to her. They caught up, yeah. <laughs> oh, poor little thing. Alright. Anyway, okay, that's so. That's I have. Cool. So, I promised you Mary Mars Cowan, and I'm delivering Mary Mars Cowan. Yes! So. <laughs>
0: Alright. Okay.
1: I'm okay. So Mary Mars Swinebrod was her maiden name, dear lord. Oh yeah, uh, she was born November 29th, ninth, nineteen twenty five. Um, so a little bit about her father, because he was he was a big shot. Her father was George Swinebrod, who, as you mentioned when you talked about it, like was a big deal uh, in the horse world. He had started life as part of the Upper Society of Garrett County. Yeah. And he had decided after going to prep school in Tennessee and joining Center College uh, that he wanted to be an auctioneer. Which to me just sounded so random. Like in the 19, you know, like around about World War I, that was what he decided he wanted to be. He was an auctioneer. So, uh, oh,
0: and that uh, auctioneer—that person that talks really fast—yeah, exactly. And, um, stuff off,
1: okay. exactly.
0: Yeah, I went to many auctions when
1: I was a kid. Yeah. I thought they were fun. Oh uh, yeah. Well, it sounds we like I never
0: bought anything.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I know. It sounds like his was might be especially fun because he developed a very distinctive sing-song approach to selling things that made him very successful. and he then became associated with the keeneland sales and grew to have a very powerful voice literally and figuratively in the thoroughbred world and nine kentucky derby winners were sold under his sale gavel oh wow so probably even more importantly he uh he became a member of the keeneland sale company selection committee which meant that he got to approve every yearling sold at keeneland so if you wanted to how are sold at keeneland you better kiss up to this guy Oh, okay and he became keeneland sales director in 1947 and he held that position until he died in 1940, 1975. And, oh, that's nice. Yeah. And in 1947, he also became nationally famous, kind of. Um, he auctioned off the late movie mogul Louis B. Mayer's Stable of Horses. And this was actually broadcast nationwide over the radio. And it earned the equivalent of about $9 million. And then uh, when the Walt Disney Company came to Lexington to film a movie called The Tattooed Police Horse, he was actually given a role in the movie. Oh, hey, cool. Hey. Yeah. And so Swan- George Swinebrod married a woman named Minerva Gordon from Madisonville. And Mary Mars was their only child. And he, okay. he was known for being, quote, and I quote, <laughs> arrogant, <laughs> egotistic, and heavy-handed. Oh. Yeah. And he and Minerva divorced when Mary Mars was quite young. Uh, Swinebroad was known to be verbally and emotionally abusive to his daughter. Uh, But, yeah, Mars actually lived with her mother in Madisonville. Uh, Her mother later remarried to Wesley Perry, who was a wealthy malt beverage distributor. But go figure out what that is on your own, people. I don't know. Um, uh, Eventually, the mother and stepfather moved to Frankfurt and she lived with them while attending the University of Kentucky, she ended up graduating in 1947, and it was here that she met Madison Julius Cowan III. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Uh oh. So, yeah. So, he was born on September 20th, 1925, uh, in New Jersey. Um, his grandfather was Madison Cowan, and he was a poet, as we know, known as the Keats of Kentucky and like if you go online there's like a bunch of his poetry for free okay and it's very like a lot of a lot of stuff about death but also a lot of stuff about nature so oh okay yeah. so yeah
0: if only I could have been there
1: to yeah. dramatically read. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I don't think. I, like, no I actually, love my poetry believe readings. it or not, I actually thought about it, and then I read some of it, and I was like, mm, I probably am not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I mean, I kind of enjoyed it. I was not sure anybody else would, so. <laughs> so, you know, there's that uh okay so his father was a confectioner an herbalist which oh. gave him a love of the natural of the natural world and his mother was a spiritualist so that explains the two thingy that explains the two uh threads in his poetry i guess
0: yeah
1: okay so in 19- 19 o- yeah exactly in 1903 he married gertrude mckelvey they had a son named preston And at some point, his name was changed to Madison Cowan II. A year before his death, uh, Madison, the elder Madison Cowan's death, he published a poem called Wasteland in a magazine published by Ezra Pound. And this poem would go on to influence T.S. Eliot's The Wasteland. Oh. Yeah. So, but sadly, uh, Madison Cowan's name was put on a list of writers needing aid like financial aid in 1914 and he died later that year but yeah after his death his wife uh toured nationally with the irish dramatist uh lady gregory and gertrude read cowan's poems while lady gregory performed a one-act play which i mean had to be like the uh like yeah, I mean, excitement. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like going to see Wicked or something. All right. All right, so Madison the second, formerly, the artist formerly known as Preston, married right. Jane, Jane Curl or Curly. I can't, I couldn't figure out how it was pronounced. It's C-U-R-L-E. And, you know, sometimes when E's end a name... Uh, you pronounce it and sometimes you don't, yeah, yeah, anyway, I... yeah, I don't know, I mean with either one anyway, Jane Walker and her family was prominent in Woodford county uh so uh their son um Madison he was Madison the third, and he attended. Uh, Woodbury Four School, which was a private boys' school in Virginia, and I looked on their website and in twenty twenty one the tuition is almost sixty one thousand dollars a year and yeah. the student teacher ratio is six to one. Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> <I'm> like Okay. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> that's that's where your money's going right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, Madison III came to the University of Kentucky in 1943. Uh, He grew interested in the study of hematology while he was a medical technician in World War II. And so, after marrying Mars, he got his undergraduate degree at at Harvard in 1949. He finished med school at Tulane. uh, And then, uh, shout out to Minnesota coming up. Uh, he did a four-year residency at the Mayo Clinic. Oh. And he also got a master's degree while he was doing that from the University of Minnesota. what?
0: University of Minnesota? Yeah. So he
1: was really, yeah, He while he was in Minnesota, he was really invested in it. Um, in 1958, he took out a loan from a bank in Versailles to start a medical practice in lexington Uh, but two years later he was offered a position at the newly established ab chandler medical center on the uk campus Oh! and coincidentally like this doesn't have anything to do with anything but his mother lived on the same street in versailles as happy chandler ab chandler and his wife oh that's cool okay so he was an internationally renowned doctor right. so he and his research partner Dr. Emma Lappet, of which much more later good lord uh, did groundbreaking research into the treatments of Parkinson's disease sickle cell anemia cloning and cancer um, and articles on their research were published in the in magazines such as the New England Journal of Medicine and the Journal of Internal Medicine. And he also solved, I mean, I was impressed that he did this. He also solved the mystery of the famous blue people of Kentucky oh, by, oh. yeah, by recognizing that they were suffering from meth, uh, methemoglobinemia. Ugh, I can't believe how much I can't believe how many more times i'm gonna have to pronounce that word either. an oh. absence anyway, yeah, <laughs> and anyway, <laughs> it is an absence of the enzyme diaphoresis, which means nothing to me but you know all right science yeah science it's an absence you know. of it's science all right. Marsh Cowan, meanwhile, became a partner in Swy Broad and Denton, which was a real estate auctioning company co-owned by her father. So, a well-connected family here. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, the Cowans had two children, Madison Cowan IV, very imaginative name, and he was known as Skip. Skip? Yeah. And Elizabeth was known as Betsy. Okay. Okay. So Skip was known as a brilliant but troubled child. He had an IQ of 170.
0: Holy
1: yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But (laughs) also, (laughs) okay, so he he went to the Sayre School up in Lexington, and his headmaster at the Sayre School, I don't know why I said up in Lexington. I'm right here. I don't know. Anyway, as his headmaster at the Sayer School said, he had he was with quote no integrity, no sense of humor, and did not know the meaning of self discipline or responsibility. And oh. neither of the Cowans supposedly could handle him. And in oh. yeah, and in the fall, the Cowans were planning to send him to the Andover School, which is now. Phillips Andover Academy in Massachusetts, which I assume has a similar uh, teacher, staff to teacher makeup as the other one we talked about. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure. To set the stage for what's about to happen a little bit. In the 1960s, when the Chandler Medical Center first opened, it was quite the uh, swinging hot spot. So supposedly there was, well, not supposedly, I guess it really was. There was an unused room up on the fifth floor, which was called the playroom, which is where sexual assignations between doctors and nurses and sometimes doctors and doctors used to take place. Oh, my. Yeah. So Dr. Cowan had numerous affairs, all of which he boasted about, not only in front of his wife, but also in front of their friends as well. Which you also talked about. Yeah. And the main one was with his research partner, who you also talked about, Dr. Emma Lappet. Right. But there's a lot, like, this article had a lot of uh, information about her. And boy, I mean, get ready. Buckle in. Yeah. Okay, so she was from a place called Tonopah, Nevada. And she graduated from Northwestern University School of Nursing in Chicago in 1947. Uh, In 1951, she graduated summa cum laude from uh, Colorado College with a degree in zoology, of all things. Yeah, Uh, But summa cum laude, I mean, she was obviously super smart. Yeah. She met and married a guy named James Gilkerson there. Because I saw that both of them had entries in the yearbook. But it isn't known if she ever actually divorced him. So all of this may have been taking place when she was married to him. Okay, so. Interesting. Yeah. So in 1955, she graduated ninth in a class of 73 with a medical degree from the University of Colorado and while she was working as the town doctor in a place called Silverton, Colorado, she actually lived in the county hospital there and she rescued a woman and her daughter after their car was buried in an avalanche. Like she dug them out. Holy Yeah. Shut up. So I mean like she wasn't a totally horrible person, but what I'm about yeah. to say is going to make it sound like she is. So just get ready. Oh, okay. okay. What'd you do, Emma? Yeah. So, after living, leaving Silverton, so she bounced around a lot, she worked at a hospital in Denver. Then she went to Buenos Aires, Argentina, where she lived with Dr. J.G. Martinez, who she claimed was her husband. Right. I mean, like, I didn't see that one coming. Anyway. No, while she Yeah, no. So, while she was there, she attended a meeting which featured a man named Dr. Charles Congdon. And he worked at Oak Ridge National Laboratories in Tennessee, and he recruited her to work there. And for some reason, she arrived a month early there, and no one knows why. And she was just given a temporary job for a month. And it, was, it appears that it was at Oak Ridge that she met Dr. Madison Cowan III.
0: Okay
1: so she was forced yeah i know i don't know like there was no indication like the lady who wrote the article tried to find out why she got to oak ridge a month early yeah and she they couldn't figure it out at all and um really yeah yeah a whole month like a, a week maybe you could see it but like yeah a month Oh no! It's not like you go. Oh,
0: you said October. I thought you meant
1: November. I thought you November. meant September. Yeah, I thought you meant September. I thought you said <sighs> September fourth, not October fourth, because they sound so much alike. Right. So yeah. So then she was forced to leave Oak Ridge early, for two reasons. One was that she disliked. She was disliked. And she was known for causing issues between doctors and their wives.
0: Okay. So,
1: yeah. The other was that she was involved in the suspicious death of a patient who was also the wife of a doctor there at Oak Ridge. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Emma. Yeah. So, doctor, it was Dr. Ralph and Helen Kinsley. And they had befriended her when she was a newcomer there because they felt sorry for her not knowing anyone. So on May 11th, 1961, Helen went into the hospital for a tubal ligation and an appendectomy. So Lappet offered to sit with her and began doing so at about 1 p.m. Uh, at 7 p.m. a nurse checked on her and she seemed fine. But at around 8 p.m., Ralph Kinsley checked on her and found her without a pulse. Uh, he oh. and the hospital staff tried to revive her, but she was pronounced dead at 9.15. Oh, my. So get ready for this because, yes, the pathologist, <laughs> Dr. William Nelson, did an autopsy, and he found that she had died of this word that I can barely pronounce, methyl Okay, what the blue
0: people had. Yeah.
1: Yeah, what the doctor what doctor Cowan had done research on. Okay. Yeah. So at this time Yeah, exactly. At this time Lappet claimed that she had no knowledge of this. What this was. Huh. Hmm. A year later she and Cowan published a research paper on the topic. <laughs> So, yes, she did know something about it. She may have known something. Yeah. Uh, so, the pathologist believed that Lappet had murdered Helen Kinsley, but...
0: That's a fair assessment. Yeah.
1: He had reported his findings to the outgoing medical examiner, who had not reported them to the incoming one. No one was ever charged in Helen's death. And yeah, and within a few months, Lappet was working at the UK Medical Center alongside Madison Cowan III. When questions were raised about her conduct in Tennessee, uh, the UK Med Center claimed that she did not have uh, any knowledge. Oh, they did not have any knowledge of Dr. Lappet's having any knowledge of the meth, still in the globin stuff. (laughs) I'm just the meth stuff. (laughs) The (laughs) methyloglobin stuff. Methamologlobin, whatever. Uh, On May 11th, which hopefully this is, hopefully that's the last time I have to try to say that. (laughs) On May 11th, they of course wouldn't because she didn't even work there then. So. Uh, So, Lappet had shown a predilection for stalking and violent confrontation oh this is a good one at one point (laughs) i mean i read this and i was like (laughs) what the neighbor must have thought at one point she dragged a table from outside the house of cowan's i assume it was outside the house of cowan's neighbor and she put it outside of cowan and his wife's bedroom which was on the first floor and she uh-huh. stood on it so she could look over the air conditioner into the Cowan's bedroom window on the ground floor. <laughs> I mean, like, I can just picture the neighbor looking out the window going, where the fuck is my table going? <laughs> what is this woman doing to my table? And then, what is she doing? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>
0: There's a sad dog outside the room.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I bet there's two sad dogs outside your room, actually. Yeah. I mean, really? One of
0: them was just scratching at the door. Oh no! Eh, it's too messy
1: in here to let them in. Okay. So one Christmas, Lappet showed up at the Cowan family Christmas part. What? Huh? What? Are you okay? Huh? Are you okay? yeah oh okay i okay. heard i heard something and then i thought oh no something's no. happened okay no i'm fine okay so she showed up at the cowan family's christmas party with presents for the children and she definitely hadn't been invited <laughs> uh she marsh cowan reportedly knocked her down before she left oh my yeah and yeah take
0: it to the physical level there uh
1: yeah now. Yeah. It's rude. I mean, she showed and up she at the party. Yeah, she, she wasn't so invited. invited. When someone's gatecrashing your Christmas party, I feel like maybe, you know, it's open season.
0: Maybe she had nowhere else to go. I mean, she's not trying to be
1: creepy. She just mm. has no family. She's no family. Because <laughs> no. she murders her family. Because <laughs> she murders people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in autumn 1964, one of the Cowan's neighbors, they didn't say if this was the one who had the table stolen or not, but they witnessed a physical confrontation between Mars, Madison Cowan, and L- Lappet. There was shoving, breaking of China, shouting and screaming. Uh, finally, Mars said she was tired of everything and told both Cowan and Lappet to leave. Okay. Uh, yeah. So... Lappet also stalked the doctor when he was by himself um at one party to which only madison cowan had been invited uh a woman showed up uninvited and martha Keekeffer, believe it or not that's, that's the name the host of this party i'm just going to call her martha because kiekeffer is hilarious uh, it is. maybe i'll just say it the whole way okay Anyway, she saw this mystery woman standing on the patio next to the doctor. Uh, then she approached the couple, whereupon this mystery woman squirted something from a bag into Martha Keefeffer's face. What? Yeah. And Martha said it burned slightly, and she had to go wash it off, but other guests uh, identified the mystery woman as Emma Lappet. Of course it was
0: Emma. Yeah,
1: and Come on, Emma. She, yeah, Yeah, really. So, uh, Dr. Lappet also hung around the Cowans' home even when she didn't have a table to stand on. Uh, several neighbors saw her at the house uh, frequently. One night after the Cowans and several friends returned from dinner at Shaker Town, uh, one of the Cowan's friends, Betty Struther, was walking around the house when she ran, like outside the house, when she ran into Emma Lappet. Oh. Yeah, and the following conversation then took place. Uh, Betty said, hello, Pat. <laughs> and, and Emma said, hello, Betty. And Betty said, won't you come in? And Lapid said no, thank you. And Betty said, "Well, see you around." <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, okay. Why don't you come in? Nothing. No, okay. All right, I'll see okay, see you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, uh, another friend whose name was Dick DeCamp. Camp. I mean, who, Dick De Camp. Dick the Camp. Yeah. I mean, who? Anyway, he'd gone to Shaker Town with them. He also saw her that night as she ran through the Cowan's yard. Okay. Uh, but Madison Cowan had many other affairs during his marriage. Um, one was a brief fling with a married woman from Cincinnati, which ended when the woman's husband confronted Cowan. And another of his leave with my wife. Yeah, I leave my wife alone. Like she didn't like, I'm done with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. uh I mean That's my wife, not
0: yours. You have your own wife. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I don't you know. think like anybody
1: sense with your wife. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Another of his paramours was Betty Gay Lewis and uh she was a divorcee from a wealthy Lexington family. Um, and friends told police that Mars and Lewis had an argument the night before Mars' death. Uh, she lived on Chinaway as well. And belonged oh, really? To, yeah. To everybody lives around there. <laughs> and, uh, she it. also belonged to the Idle Hour Country Club, just like the Cowans did. Of course. Uh, she had dated Cowan when they were in high school, and then she had married someone else and moved to South Carolina, then had returned to Lexington upon her divorce, uh, but... She also has stories of Emma Lappet following the doctor and herself to the hotel in which she was sta- staying after her house burned down.
0: Okay.
1: Um. The other main affair, and you brought this up when you were talking about it, was with Barbara Liepman, the doctor's wife. Oh, yeah. And also his patient. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the spring... Of uh, 1965. He was treating her for Hodgkin's disease. And he told friends that Barbara, quote, threw herself, unquote, at him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. And Barbara's husband, uh, who was Dr. Herschel Leapman, had caught the two having a tryst at the Cowans home and demanded a divorce. So they were separated, and Barbara had custody of their children. Uh, Barbara and Mar- uh, Madison Cowan claimed that they were in love, and they claimed at one time that they both wanted, actually wanted a divorce from their spouses. Um, she worked at the old Continental Hotel on New Shuckle Road. So Cowan... Although he claimed that he loved Barbara, or Barbie, as she wanted him to call her. Barbie. Yeah. Uh, He certainly was not supporting her financially. Of course not. Uh, Emma Lapitt had also taken note of her latest rival. Uh, She had offered to get Barbara uh, a better job in Berea or somewhere farther away if Barbara wouldn't leave Madison Cowan alone. Um, yeah. And Lappet also met with Herschel Leepman and told him he needed to get his wife back or she would do something drastic.
0: And we know when Emma says Something, like something that, drastic.
1: She means it. We know she means it, so Lord. Alright. So <laughs> she, Barbara crazy um, world. she is crazy. So Barbara Leapman was also pregnant and she wanted an abortion because of the Hodgkin's disease. Right. Uh, so, Cowan ordered tests to determine the progress of the disease. Um, Lappet intercepted the results. She told Barbara that her disease had progressed substantially. She needed to come in to the medical center so that Lappet could treat her with nitrogen mustard, what? which. Yeah, which is a potential chemical warfare agent which causes skin burns, fluid in the lungs, etc. Dear God, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Barbara wisely refused. Good, good. And confronted Cowan, who defended Lappet by claiming she must have read the results wrong. Uh, no. (laughs) She's
0: just being a crazy bitch. Yeah.
1: Uh, According to friends, Mars realized that Callan would sooner or later get his divorce. He was investing his salary for his future and he was leaving her to pay the bills from her savings. And Mars had already put the home on Chinaway Road on the market. So, I've got a little bit more I want to go and then I'm going to stop for part two. Okay. Okay. So, it was the evening of july fourth, nineteen sixty five. Mars put on a black and yellow cocktail dress and joined her husband in the living room of their home on Shinoi. She told the babysitter whose name was Phoebe Edwards that there was enough hamburger for burgers for her, Betsy, and the two girls of Betty and Sam Struther, whose names were ironically Mary Pryor and Elizabeth. Which I think was the name of the two girls in the Vernon Mars Taylor. Like Mary so, Pryor. Yeah. yeah, Mary Pryor was definitely the one girl's name. Uh, so then she and Madison got into the Struthers Chevy Impala. And the two couples drove to Idle Hour Country Club. Arriving between 6.30 and 7 p.m. They all got drinks from the bar. And they walked onto the terrace, uh, but it was very hot outside. So they wandered between the inside and the outside. They drank and they dined with bluegrass bluegrass elites from the horse world, many of whom were Mars's friends. So it was kind of like she was. Uh, it was kind of like she was on her turf. And she was kind of showing Madison that, like, oh, this is my turf. This is what I've got behind me. Yeah, these are my people. These are my people, right. So she was planning on showing a house on Richmond Road to the Struthers the next day. Uh, At one point, Cowan was overheard by two people telling someone on the phone that he couldn't see them. And we know that it was Barbara because she had called the Cowan's house and asked where he was. Um, also, the bartender told police that Stam Struther made a pass at Mars, which she rebuffed. Oh. Yeah. So, all right. By the end of the evening, both couples had had 39 drinks
0: holy
1: shit. according to the bar tabs
0: holy shit
1: mm, so Cowan and struther were drunk but mars and buddy struther were tipsy but they were less drunk okay so around 1 a.m the two couples left the country club and they went to the struthers home uh callan and the struthers wanted to keep drinking but mars as soon as she walked in the door, they said she immediately said she wanted to go home. So okay. Sam Struther volunteered to take her home because, of course, he did. Oh, yeah. And they got to the Cowan house at between one thirty and one forty-five. The babysitter was sent home, and she got to her home at around 2 a.m. Um, okay. So, after the babysitter left, Struthers said that he and Mars continued drinking, although I don't know why. Uh, They left the living room and went into the main bedroom because, according to him, it was the only air-conditioned room in the house. Uh Uh-huh. Sure. He claimed... Yeah. He claimed that he and Mars talked about the house on Richmond Road, that she was going to show them, and then he left around 2.30 to return to his home he and Cowan kept drinking okay so at 3 30 a local newspaper delivery man uh, delivered a paper to the Cowan's home on Chinaway he saw several lights on in the house and uh, a strange car partially blocking the sidewalk Uh, it was it was behind the cowan's cars so the okay. cowan's yeah the cowan's cars were a black mg sports car that was his and a chevy impala convertible that was hers and later two other newspaper delivery boys draw by about five thirty, and they only saw a hall light on and Interesting. they saw two cars at the house a black sports car in front And a Chevy Impala in the middle of the driveway, which sounds like it had been moved to me, but whatever. And I'm going to stop there because I don't want to go too, like, I don't want to get too far into it because we also then have like the, like what happens next. Yeah. Yeah. So. Mm Yeah. So Man,
0: that's so much more in-depth
1: than... Yeah, the article I found was really good. Like, it was the same lady that I used for the... Uh, oh, the Jean Gambet thing. Okay. And she's really... Like, she's got a lot of information. But she... It isn't that well-ordered. So it okay. takes a while to go through it and like get it all, you know. In yeah, in order.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. But yeah, I'm gonna stop there because it's it's about it's been about 40, 40 some minutes. I think that's a good length.
0: Yeah, that's a good. Yeah. Episode length, and yeah, I think there's a puppy out
1: there that is just that is going crazy. I can hear him. I know. <laughs> her. Well, maybe both of them. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I think, I think Annika's got to go outside.
1: Oh, no. Oh, poor Scout. Oh. We, we
0: put her on the leash and take her out right now. Right. Because she's still kind of little. Yeah. And we're still trying to get her potty trained.
1: And well, too, like, to know, if she happens, if she does happen to wander off, she's not going to know where you are yeah
0: exactly
1: like yeah in, a little, to... yeah in a little bit if she wanders off she's gonna be like oh i know where that is though exactly i mean like atticus doesn't really wander off though she probably won't either but you know
0: nah but them two have been playing like crazy
1: oh <laughs> it's fun oh you can put it's that on Aggie. instagram too you should put I that. Do. Yeah, you should put that on Instagram too. A
0: video of them playing.
1: Yeah. do
0: right, yeah. I think I have one, so they're my babies.
1: They are. They're the babies.
0: Anyway. Alrighty. We have An Instagram and a Twitter.
1: Yes, it it's is. At Kentucky. Yes, and we have an, an email. email.
0: I did that backwards this time.
1: That's all right. They got and the it's message. Frankie, Kentucky. <laughs> Gmail Yeah. And till next time.
0: Kentucky. What, what
1: the hell? The
0: hell <laughs> We're not as think over the
1: phone. No, we're not. That's all right though.